0: Here all of our previously aired broadcasts of News for the Soul online at newsforthesoul.com. Now let's get back to the show. And next up, one of our newest shows on the News for the Soul radio network. It's time for Sovereign Leadership with Ashley. Let's bring her on to reintroduce herself, her show, and what's up for today. Welcome back, Ashley?
1: Thank you, Nicole. So honored to be here.
0: Yay. (laughs) Good to have you. So let's get you to reintroduce yourself and your show and what's what's happening today.
1: Wonderful. Thank you so much. Yes, so welcome. My name is Ashley Seymour, and I am a Holy Fire Reiki Master, a multidimensional ceremonialist and channel for the divine feminine awakening that is happening upon earth. Right now, I mainly support women, although I do work with men as well, but most of my work is with women and supporting them and reclaiming their divine gifts, their understanding of their purpose, divine mission for this lifetime, uh, through really realigning and integrating their sovereignty, their innate power, their intuitive abilities. And I do this through deep healing work, um, ceremony, but also through very in-depth and advanced mentorship. So I'm so happy to be here and be discussing today the a discussion on the priestess path of service. <clears throat> and there's a lot to break down here, <laughs> but why I am bringing this conversation forward in this show, uh, sovereign leadership is because those who are uh, gravitate towards truly stepping into leadership roles uh, have done so most often in previous lifetimes. And there's been a lot of
0: uh,
1: work, so to speak, or practices or initiations into stepping into what it really means to be a leader. And that can happen in so many different facets and ways through whatever gifts you have and whatever communities you're meant to serve. Um, but typically the, the women and even the men in some capacity uh, that find their way to work with me to step into their sovereignty, into their gifts, into their divine mission, have this subtle, sometimes subtle, sometimes very prominent um, archetype of the priestess. And a priestess is one who, in most simplified terms, a priestess is one who serves the spiritual needs of their community. And this takes profound connection to one's true self, to truly serve in a place of integrity in this way, because not all priestesses are going to serve the spiritual needs of their community in the same way. Some people, you know, this role of leadership can reach thousands, millions of people, and then you're meant to really be in quite a a large stage of the world. And sometimes serving the spiritual needs of the community is just being a priestess of your household, of nurturing your children, and uh, nurturing the earth, uh, and creating uh, this this world, this reality, where we're ushering in a we're ushering in really the the divine awakening of the feminine and divine harmony upon her earth so that all beings can truly embody the truth of their divinity uh, on earth right now. So there's many ways one can step into their priestess path of service. It's not meant to be one way, and it doesn't have to be one way. It's, It's understood and uncovered from a place of understanding yourself and your gifts and who it you're meant to serve and what lights you up and there's no right or wrong way to do it but it is this signature feeling uh, and desire to spiritually uplift
0: mm-hmm.
1: and the community and of course that means spiritually uplifting yourself <laughs> so uh you know on this show of sovereign leadership it is this It is taking radical responsibility for yourself, for your healing journey, for your commitment to your purpose and your mission, and your responsibility to why you embodied upon earth and why it is that you came here and how it is that you're utilizing this gift of a life to truly serve the awakening of God consciousness within us all. Uh, and upon earth. So, yeah, really claiming this priest's path of service does take a radical responsibility of self, and part of this is rising into really claiming your sense of leadership and the most beautiful way to really understand how how it is you're meant to serve, uh, who it is you're meant to serve, and the gifts you have is through looking at the layout of your life and looking at what have you over, overcame and also what, what divinely inspires you and activates you because these lessons that we learn and alchemize, they become embodied in our cellular knowing of self, and there's this deep, deeply felt uh, sense of what it means to initiate yourself through challenges. And the only way to truly lead is to have a path that people can walk, <laughs> and can follow, and understand themselves in in that path and come to a greater empowered understanding of their own lessons and their own leadership and their own sovereignty. Um, but to truly lead means, yeah, having a path that you're walking. <laughs> so it means really sitting down with yourself and who you are and your levels of initiation, what you walk through and how that is meant to support others. Um, and it's recognizing the importance of it. And this really leads you to shift out of, uh, the victim consciousness of your life and into how, how is all of this for me? How is what I've walked through for me? How are these lessons serving me? And how is it then meant to serve the others that I'm meant to support, supporting the spiritual needs of the community? So. Yeah, I just wanted to give a little landscape of how uh, this priestess path of service is uh, really a overarching theme along with sovereign leadership, step in into your leadership for your life and leadership of your your mission. How does your meant to serve? We all have a purpose <laughs> and It's about, and it's evolving and growing and changing. And sometimes we think purpose is this big bang thing that once we find it, we're there. (laughs) That's that's not actually (laughs) what it is. It is is your essence. It is who you are. It is a fragrance, and it grows stronger and stronger the more you line with your divinity and shape shifts as you change into different um, times of your life, communities, areas upon the earth. But there's this. Your purpose is this sense that you are walking forward in absolute alignment to their authentic self. And this is so much about what I teach and guide in all of my mentorships as to how to find that level of <clears throat> deep, deep alignment. So you know you're walking this divine path. So anyways, let's get into this deep conversation about, yeah, the priestess path of service. And I even just invite you to... Uh, Even if you're a male listening, you know, same words, the priest of service. And the priestess and the priest, these words have been, uh, there can be some heaviness and triggering around the word because the role of the priest uh, for thousands of years now have been, in many religions, has been abused, not always, (laughs) not like all priests are abusing this quote-unquote path or connection to the divine, to God in a manipulative and abusive way, but in many ways, there's a lot of wounding, religious wounding around the word priest, and that can sometimes also transfer over to priestess. Uh, there's also, there's this sense of this, <clears throat> like, being conflated, like this role is um, otherworldly or better than others. And this is not the case at all. Um, reclaiming your priestess lineage, your priest lineage is
0: <clears throat>
1: deeply, in order to truly reclaim it, it is deeply humbling and Uh, It is a path that you chose. Uh, It is a specific archetype and energy within your soul. So denying, excuse me, denying this this archetype, this energy, this expression of your soul is only suppressing an actual aspect of who you are and suppressing your power. And so that's why I want to have this conversation today because if this conversation really resonates with you, if you're feeling... This connection to the word and the meaning, and what is sparking up up in you, it's important to really step into claiming who you are, how you came here to serve, and why it is you're serving and walking this specific path of service. Um, again, and that might come with having to heal any wounds around religion, healing any wounds. Around the words priest or priestess, healing any also uh, new age <clears throat> uh, yeah <laughs> new age uh, untruth around um, what are what is the priestess and the priest as well uh, so let's dive in first, I want to talk about <clears throat> the history of Mystery schools, uh, mystery school initiations. So, mystery school is actually, it's a term that derives directly from ancient Egypt. And, you know, when I also use this word, uh, priestess, it, it can also somewhat coincide. Thousands of thousand of years ago, with the word uh, shaman as well.
0: <clears throat>
1: um, sometimes the priestess was deeply in the community. Sometimes the priestess was uh, more on the outskirts of the community, channeling information. And again, like I said, in today's modern day, a priestess can look like someone who's speaking to thousands and thousands of people, uh, and. A priestess could be someone who's just speaking to the plants and or just in the the center of her home um guiding and healing that way so and it could be both many dynamics so there's not one way that uh, these priestesses served but it was an absolute commitment to the divine and spiritual needs of the community and specifically their role, that they decided to incarnate or take form depending on their gifts and how it is they could serve the upliftment of the consciousness on that time of earth. So there was many, uh, more so in ancient times, actual uh, mystery schools where women or men would go and spend periods of their life in deep, deep study and spiritual healing in order to, uh, yeah, receive the mystery teachings of their priestess lineage or priest lineage. And so there's many different cultures that had these mystery schools. And the and specifically the egyptian civilization this civilization formed after the fall of uh, atlantis atlantis and again i'm not going to go too deep into these ancient civilizations today <laughs> maybe that'll be another conversation about these um yeah our our roots our origin um, the rise and falls of many civilizations uh, before our time now. Uh, but the fall of Atlantis, after that fall, um, much of the, the teachings, the sacred spiritual teachings from that time went to uh, India and Egypt. <clears throat> so the Mystery School teachings... Uh, Cannot be attributed to like a specific time and place because they are timeless. Uh, the wisdom that is the mystery uh, practices, initiations, and teachings they they are quite timeless, and they were birthed alongside the birth of consciousness and angelic beings. So. As we descended into form, the truth of our divine nature was passed down from master to student and through priestess, priest, priestesses to students through word of mouth, energetic transmissions through symbols, language, and also just uh, sacred objects being in sacred spaces, being in sacred temples that held the frequency of the Wisdom that they were transferring, and we know that there's many sacred. Maybe you don't know, but if you've experienced sacred uh, sites, uh, or you know, even just having something of meaning to you—a ring, a piece of jewelry, an object from a loved one—it holds a specific frequency, a specific transmission. And so objects can even offer initiations, upgrades, teachings. And so when you're around specific uh, sacred sites, you receive these uh, initiations and upgrades. Also, this is why statues and um, if you have, yeah, like little statues or, of um, ascended masters or gods or goddesses or... Um, Yeah, angelic beings that you feel connected to, these are sacred because it is representing you're creating a place for that divine energy to anchor into and to emanate and radiate into your field. Uh, So, yeah, a lot of these teachings again were transmitted through then master to student uh, and through many various ways. Now. Sometimes we can get really caught up with this idea that the ancient way was always the better way. (laughs) I think I see this all the time with even like ancestral living, ancestral eating, and ancestral birth, and all of this, and this kind of like uh, utopian idea that everything was better in the past. And it's really important to be really honest and raw with uh, where we're at now uh, and, you know, take what is of divine intelligence and importance from our past, but also recognizing the beauty of the now. So what I'm saying is, is that, uh, and again, this is maybe for another conversation, because um, I'm completely going off course now, but I think it's coming up and really important to speak of, is the <clears throat> we have evolved, and this is very contradictory to, you know, what science will say, um, that we evolved from, you know, like single cell beings and, um, <clears throat> yeah, the whole like from from monkeys and and all of that so that's that's not our lineage or our truth as beings uh we are literally angelic beings embodied uh we first came upon the earth as quite um like jelly-like um not as solid as we are and that's because the earth thousands and thousands of years ago was also starting to more solidify um as we started becoming more embodied solidified obviously things had to change the light and the dark became more pronounced the the masculine the feminine there became a lot more differences in the human the um female form and the male form and um so this solidification this process of deeply materializing from an angelic source is so so profound (laughs) we are literally created ourselves as dense as we could. as literal angelic emanations from God, and it's it's so beautiful what we have created um, in in co-creation with the divine. Um, but there was before the two, about two thousand years ago the event of. Uh, the Christ coming in, uh, the ability to fully ascend and access and embody and awaken divine consciousness within the human form was not accessible and available before the demonstration of Christ and the, um, the process of Christ coming upon the earth. Uh, <clears throat> What an initial and, and this is all stemming from uh, my esoteric Christianity studies. Uh, <clears throat> what happened before a Christ came? Uh, literally, this the energy of the Christ consciousness was embodied through uh, the being Jesus upon the earth. Is that in order to actually awaken God within? A being would have to go through a really power a human would have to go through many initiations, work with a specific master, and then in order to fully claim that God awareness, they would have to go through like a three-day initiation on the soul level. And so leave the physical body, enter the astral, receive this full embodiment awakening. Uh, attunement to God, and then come back into the physical body. It was basically a death process, and one had to really prepare for it of their life, to even prepare for this initiation. So it wasn't quite accessible to this whole entire um, population, all humans. Uh, So when Christ came and um, did his demonstration and uh, literally... (laughs) offered the sacrifice of his body and went through specific initiations in the um, underworld, went through the darkness, literally paved a path of light to the divine. Um, He literally was creating, he literally created this ability for all humans moving forward to activate divine consciousness from within while still being in the human form. So after that point of Christ coming in, he did create an ability for each one of us. To um, obtain in the now moment, while in the human form, the ability to fully receive uh, the awareness experience of their divinity. Um, so this is really powerful, and again, is uh, I mean, it's the massive transformation that happened upon the earth, <laughs> it started initiating this divine awakening of a consciousness that is happening right now. Uh, and divine feminine energy more so coming in. But this is different than how ancient teachings would have operated and the foundation of how they were preparing their students. So I think it's important to listen to our lineage, very important, to listen to our lineage, to remember our past initiations, reintegrate them, understand our soul gifts, but also not just live in the past and recognize there's so much uh, wisdom. When I mean past, like beyond 2,000 uh, years ago, because uh, we have many, many lifetimes. Uh, some of us here have many lifetimes upon Earth, and
0: uh,
1: to to also remember the potent wisdom that is very recent. I mean, 2,000 years ago, in our minds, seems like a long time ago, but in the span of eternity, it's like, (laughs) like yesterday, (laughs) so this powerful spiritual shift in human consciousness is so new and important to, to remember, and, and it's recognizing, uh, that key that you literally have this ability to awaken, awaken, and ascend, uh, into, divinity right now, that power is within you. And so, again, when uh, remembering, you know, when talking about these mystery schools, it's recognizing that if you feel called to this powerful level of leadership and this priestess path or priest path, you've probably had past life experiences in mystery schools. And it can be really powerful to go back into your Kashic records and uh, remember, reintegrate, and receive those initiations and uh, return back to the fullness of uh, what you have evolved into up until this point. Um, okay. So the teachings and the masters, the priests, the priestesses, they were uh, safekeepers of the truth. And they created a thread of divine truth on the earth, so that this wisdom can be accessed even through the darkness,
0: mm-hmm.
1: into a time of ascension and spiritualization. When uh, Christ came upon Earth, we were in a we were in a dark period of time. That's a whole another again another conversation of the the cycles of Earth as we move closer to the soul. The central sun within our soul. Um, within our galaxy, uh, which takes thousands and thousands of years, but we were in a very, very dark period. And during that time, uh, when Christ came, many of the mystery school teachings were, or mystery schools were uh, destroyed. And this wisdom, this way of transfer, transferring information and wisdom almost pretty much went um, underground, so to speak. The The temples were a very important part of the mystery school teachings as they could be seen as a spiritual science. As I was saying earlier, these temples really attune the initiate to higher consciousness and unlock a deeper understanding of divine truth. So when these mystery schools were not, uh, yeah, the priests and priestesses were really run out, (laughs) it was... Um, a total shift in order and beliefs and acceptance of, um, you know, what's real, what's God, what's not. Uh, So a lot of our ancient lineage uh, has been fractured, but the wisdom is still within ourselves. It's within our DNA. It's within our soul. And so this is the power of reclaiming our past, our priestess lineage, uh, so that you can truly show up in full integrity uh, and in the fullness of the wisdom that you have to share and to offer. So, <clears throat> excuse me. so let's talk about part two here, which is a little bit more deeper into priest and priestesses, this term. So priests and priestesses originated more so in ancient Roman, Greek, and Egypt after the descent, as I said, of the ancient civilization Atlantis. In ancient, priests and priestesses held various degrees of positions. The high priests and priestesses would have gone through even greater initiation. So there was different levels of, um, yeah, of initiation for where you're at in your spiritual ascension journey. A priest or priestess, they were in service to God. And uh, at least in this, in ancient Egypt, <clears throat> were oftentimes fully, it, it was this full on, yeah, divine commitment to God. In ancient Egypt, the priests pretty much held almost all the power as much power as the pharaohs um, and the priests and, at like, social uh, economic uh, power. Um, and the priests and priestesses would not always be holding their position at a temple. Um, each quarter, they would take their position as a priest or priestess, and then they would return to different positions in the community. So there was kind of like this... Um, Yeah, deep integration where they were a part of the community, but also um, in times of deep service and devotion, um, working in the temples. But again, that's only some roles. Some people had a different, priests and priests had different, uh, maybe greater commitments or different levels of service, different missions, which led them to engage in their service in a different way. So as with most in- institutions though, there was of course abuse of power and the priests were often exempt from taxes but were able to profit from the land they owned. So for most of ancient Egypt's history, the priests actually held most of the power and wealth. So it was still this, um, more patriarchal uh, system. <clears throat> During, um After During the 4th century uh, A.D., the priests and priestesses of Egypt began to fall from a destruction of morals and giving over to unhealthy relationship with wealth and power. This is right around also when the rise of Christianity began to spread through Egypt. So just like with anything, I don't like to glorify or idolize anything because no matter what path, what category, what situation we're in, there's always light and dark. There's always truth and honor and um, divine love, and there's also um, corruption and manipulation. And so, of course, and we've seen that also in um, Christianity, is there's beauty and truth and divine love, and there's also then a lot of corruption and trauma. Um, manipulation and abuse. So, and we can see that in ourselves as well. We have, yes, we can look at it. It's much easier to look at it in the, the macrocosm and point the fingers, but we have to look at it in ourselves as well. Is where am I acting and living and being from a place of integrity, of love, of honesty and authenticity? And where am I manipulating? Uh, being untruthful, dishonoring, and so on. Okay, so over 2,000 years ago, yeah, women were often seen as property and not sovereign beings. During this time, the ability for women to hold their position as priestesses were becoming deeply threatened since the men were threatened by the power of women. So even... Yeah, before the rise of Christianity, women um, were still in positions of power and were still respected, Uh, but more so once they're really in those dark, dark phases of life, dark times um, is when, yeah, women were literally just property. And you no know, respect, and in some some ways, we still see that playing out <clears throat> today. So, <clears throat> the natural, spiritual, and mystical practices of priestesses were oftentimes viewed as uh, evil. <clears throat> and I, as I tune more into this, when the unhealthy masculine energy comes into power. It cannot hold space for the wild power and chaos and magic of the divine feminine. And so a weak and insecure masculine energy will just suppress the divine feminine because it threatens their sense of power when there is a healthy divine masculine energy that is in its strength and its integrity and secure within itself, it can hold the wild, chaotic power magic of the divine feminine. Uh, So because the masculine was deeply wounded, it led to an intense oppression of the feminine. So their power you know, oftentimes the women's power was greatly misunderstood. It was thought to be, you know, dark force. I mean, we see that in like the origin story and the way it's um, in, in the Bible, the origin story and the way it's portrayed as this evil, um, evil woman. And yeah, it was thought to be a dark force that needed to be annihilated. Um, thousands of priestesses priestesses, whether you call it priestess, you know, and right now around this time of year, you know, we heard, hear the word witch as well. Um, but it's it priestess, witch, shaman, you know, women. It's just women were pre- persecuted, put to death for their beliefs, their spiritual practices, uh, for being in their power, for having a voice. Uh, so those managing to escape death fled their holy temples and went underground into hiding. And this really was the time when there was an an ending to this uh, ability to uh, this mystery school culture. And now a modern-day priestess is emerging. Now, definitely, uh, this wisdom and connection to one's uh, truth, power, voice, magic, gifts, especially as a woman is starting to reclaim um, our ability to do so, to start feeling safe in the body, to heal the past wounds and traumas so that we can step and rise into it. But there's a lot of healing to take place, and this is why it's such an important conversation to have when stepping into leadership is that, especially as a woman, there can be so much fear, um, and there's a lot of beliefs, beliefs that it is not safe to be seen. It's not safe to be who I am. It's not safe to speak, um, to share, to show up, to be in my power. And these beliefs stem from this deep wounding of literally shutting out the divine feminine magic and power. So again, a priestess is one who serves the spiritual needs of the community. And through coming into direct relationship with the divine Uh, God, and also nature. So although the holy temples are not practiced in, we are erecting the holy temple within ourselves. We are creating the holy temple. The ascended masters we are working with, our lineage, the divine um, guides, angelic beings, they are creating uh, an energetic, a spiritual holy temple surrounding you whenever I'm doing Mentorships, divine work, um, group mentorships, privates, you know, literally erecting a holy temple in the multidimensional space where we're doing this deep study and transformation work and it is deeply felt. It's literally like entering a temple. Um, and so we're awakening that, again, within and embracing the innate codes of divine remembrance that are already within your divine genome and soul. <clears throat> so, if you are you know, resonating in this conversation. It's because you're you're curious about something and, and it's igniting something within you. It's either just this large remembrance. Maybe you're already grounded in that foundation of knowing you are connected to this priestess path of service. Or maybe it's just a faint knowing, but either way, uh, women are being called into this greater alignment with their mission and purpose. And it's powerful. I and mean, you can't ignore it for too long. <laughs> it's like this kind of knocking at your heart and your soul and your mind to that, that something is bursting within you, awakening within you that uh, there's, a, there's a greater way to be in the world. And that you're meant to take more responsibility for your life and your experiences. <clears throat> so this you know, you don't need to hide or shy away from it. There's there's a divine intelligence guiding you into alignment with this, this soul activation. Um, so, you know, as a modern-day priestess, this, of course, looks different than how it was thousands of years ago. We live in this world of technology, and, yeah, life is very different. <laughs> so <clears throat> you just have to think about, you know, what is... What is your relationship to to the divine, to God, to God consciousness? And, you know, the word they use is Sophia, Christ light. Uh, the Sophia is the feminine, the Christ is the masculine, uh, divine consciousness of the unmanifested source. And what is your relationship to that, to the divine? And how are you in service to that light? How are you able to truly... Yeah, surrender the the victim consciousness, the drama of life, uh, the relationships that don't serve you and truly decide to actually show up for this powerful light <clears throat> moving you in your life and it, it really guides you into the codes of remembrance of why you embody upon earth right now. And what does this lead to? Like, why Why even ask this question? Why even be of service to, to the divine? And for me, there's there's no other way <laughs> to live. But what does it lead to? The, why would that be important? And you live with this when you're truly anchored into the sense of divine, the divine guiding you in your life. You... Uh, You are never alone. I mean, you're never alone, but you know you're never alone. You feel a profound sense of fulfillment in everything you do. You are able to not only bear witness to the pain, the suffering, the grief, the deep trauma, or anything that you've gone through from a place of sovereignty and courage, but you also experience with heightened energy uh, and capacity to feel Divine joy, bliss, divine love. In your life, you, you literally come alive in a whole different way when you're living from this level of um, commitment to your divine mission and path. <clears throat> so truly honoring your reason for being uh, means that you need to tend to your foundations, <laughs> tending to your relationships, to your home, to your health. Again, this is so much of uh, what the support I offer is the healing, the foundational work, uh, the structure to actually step up into this level of uh, divine alignment with your past in absolute integrity and radical responsibility of self. But, yeah, you need to serve from a place of balance. We live in a modern world with technology and a totally new way of living than in ancient times so it's recognizing that this holy temple is in your heart. <clears throat> and, you know, really thinking about also, well, how do I serve the spiritual needs of the community? And it, it just starts with you understanding very clearly how you're meant to serve and how to be a greater channel for the divine from a place of authenticity, love, and joy. So on this priest's path of service, is last piece here, uh, it's really this And, you know, talking about this show with sovereign leadership, a lot of what you'll hear me speak about is taking radical responsibility for your life. And that means having to shift out of the, the cycle of victim on a daily basis. It's very easy to get into the victim role. There's no shame or blame here. We all do it. But it's recognizing, do I actually want to remain in that victim or do I want to actually take radical responsibility for my life? And so it is about choosing to be responsible for uh, the your boundaries, for the environment you're in. Uh, it's And when I say taking radical responsibility, it is this recognizing the power that you do have to choose and to create your reality. Um, It's responsibility for your gifts. That's a whole other conversation. We're going to get into that (laughs) probably in the next show, talking about what your soul gifts are. Um, You know, it's responsibility for choosing to actually just show up. And uh, oftentimes there can be a lot of fear around truly sharing yourself and expressing who you are and talking about why you're here. But I always say that your purpose is more important than your fear. <clears throat> and when you really feel into that, that, that feeling of I am here to serve, to show up, to serve the spiritual needs of the community, to be a channel for divine light, that is so much more important than any you know, chatters of fear. It's, it's a way to feel fear or experience fear but you can still do what you came here to do, even if you're afraid. <clears throat> and so, you know, allowing yourself to hold space, to be bold, you know, and, and working with doubts, limiting beliefs. Um, so when I sat with, you know, what is a priestess and what does it mean to be a modern-day priestess, you know, I really realized that this information is just... It's stored within our records. It's stored within your soul, in Akashic records. <clears throat> it's stored in the memories of our ancestors, and it's threaded in the energy lines within the earth. There's so many ways to access this wisdom of stepping into your priestess path. So the priestess is literally within you and all around us, this archetype, this energy, and it has never disappeared. But for a long time, she was suppressed. So now what's happening is this really powerful new age of divine feminine consciousness is awakening. And the priestesses of today are women who are really committed to reclaiming their power, awakening their divine feminine consciousness, of course, healing the divine masculine as well alongside of that, and serving the spiritual nourishment of the community through deep love, authenticity, and sovereignty. So there are sacred priestesses everywhere, although not everyone chooses to be, uh, again, this is is an archetype, a specific choice for one to uh, step into. Not every human being is going to uh, claim this path, this priestess path of service. Um, Not every woman. And one definitely unique quality of a priestess is this ability uh, it is to channel to channel divine wisdom guidance, support healing from the spiritual realm upon earth and this is definitely a a deep signature of the priestess and uh, that can happen in many ways whether you're channeling ancestors, channeling wisdom channeling healing uh, whatever it might be healing light, okay? But, yeah, there are sacred priestesses everywhere right now, working in their homes, tending to the land, the plants, the earth, raising their kids, serving the community, and making massive change just through rewriting a new story, one of deep reverence for the divine feminine. This is a really important uh, part of the priestess mission right now is uh, awakening this divine feminine consciousness upon earth which has been suppressed for far too long <laughs> but all in divine timing <clears throat> so i'm going to complete there with this conversation on uh yeah the priestess path of service and i hope it yeah, just gave you a lot to reflect on and to feel inspired by and to go deeper within, to not just settle with the surface and to settle with a life that doesn't really uh, ignite you and feel meaningful and create a sense of fulfillment and that you, when you are truly aligned with your divine mission, and purpose for life, you are inevitably going to be supported in all ways, financial, community, resources, it, it all flows to you. Um, and so the key is to get deep into yourself, uh, to, to understand and unlock the, the codes of your truth, your path uh, for, for embodying in this lifetime. And you will be supported. So, um, yeah. So I'll share a little bit about how to reach out to me if you want to get in contact. Um, <clears throat> right now, I am for the holidays, holiday sales around this time, offering um, half off my signature program, the Authentic and Empowered Woman mentorship which is really um, this is the the foundation of the work i offer and it's supporting you in really reclaiming your power and understanding your gifts for this lifetime and stepping into your mission and your purpose for this life and know and knowing how to uh, navigate life from this place of authenticity and connection to your heart wisdom because Uh, No matter where we're at, we're always going to have to make decisions. We're always going to have to make choices. And so this mentorship really teaches you to make decisions from a place of deep trust, deep knowing, power, and sovereignty so that you continue to walk your divine path. Uh, So if you want more information about that, you can just go ahead and uh, join, join my community, my free community space where I'll be sharing all about it. Uh, my Facebook, the my free Facebook group, the Sovereign Priestess Collective, which is a real, really beautiful divine community space of women who are really committed to awakening their sovereignty, their innate gifts, uh, their leadership, uh, and deepening into their priestess path. This is a space where I offer you know, a lot of free master classes and. Uh, resources, inspiration, and more intimate shares that I do not share anywhere else online. And so if you want to join the Sovereign Priestess Collective, join the community, uh, you can go to my website, uh, spiritoceanhealing.com slash sovereign, S-O-V-E-R-E-I-G-N. So, spiritoceanhealing.com slash sovereign, and that will lead you to be able to sign up for, yeah, join this free community space, and again, that will give you access to um, everything that I'm sharing, all updates that's going on, Uh, and of course you can always just reach out and say hi. So it was wonderful diving into this conversation with you, the priestess path of service, and uh, yeah, I am complete for today.
0: Beautiful. Love the information and uh, yeah, so many other rabbit holes that could come out of that. So one conversation. Looking forward to more. Thank you, Ashley.
1: Thank you so much. Yes, there's so many rabbit holes we
0: could go down. <laughs> <But> thank <laughs> you for having me. I love rabbit holes. <laughs> so yeah. until next time, Ashley is all linked up at newsforthesoul.com. And we're back with more right after this. hear all of our previously aired broadcasts of news for the soul online at newsforthesoul.com now let's get back to the show